We'll never know how many kids have missed a college scholarship because they didn't study an average of 10 more minutes a day. We will never know how we come so close to promotion, but we grew discouraged and quit too soon. We'll never know how much more success we would have had had we just had a little more pumping in there and pump and pump and pump and pump. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. Today, we hear a classic message from Zig Ziglar on priming the pump. This message was foundational for Zig's entire mission. If you've heard it once or 10 times, you need to hear it again and then step back and audit yourself to gauge how well are you adhering to these principles. Well, from the message, I asked on my Facebook page at Agent K Miller, where you're invited to friend me there so you can join this weekly conversation. I asked the question, will you share a story of doing more than what was required in a job and benefiting from it, getting paid more, getting a promotion, getting a better opportunity? Well, of course, great real life testimonies that Tom Ziegler himself and I talked through so incredibly inspiring. Well, before we hear Zig's message and then get into the questions, here are a couple great resources for you. Okay, folks, here then I give you this exceptional message from Zig Ziegler. Because I believe this is a story of life. I believe it's your story. I believe it's the story of America. I believe it's the story of success. I got a couple of good friends who many, many years ago were riding around in the South Alabama foothills. It was a hot August day, and uh, they got thirsty. Bernard Haygood was driving. Jimmy Glenn was the passenger. They pulled behind this old abandoned farmhouse, and uh, Bernard hopped out. He ran over, and there was an old... uh, pump on the well, and he grabbed the handle, and he started the pump. How many of you have ever used one of these old-fashioned water pumps? Can I see your hand, please? Okay, well, he had just a pump in the way, you know, it. after about three or four minutes, he said, Jimmy, better get that old bucket over there and dip some water out of the creek. We're going to have to prime the pump. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say you got to prime the pump? Well, for you underprivileged non-pumpers, that just means you got to put something in here before you get something out there. See, unfortunately, a lot of people stand in front of the stove of life and they say, now, stove, you give me some heat, then I'll put some wood in you. That ain't the way it works. You got to put something in before you can get anything out. So many times, you know, the employee goes to the employer and says, give me a raise, then I'll start coming to work on time. Or so many times uh, they will come to him and say, make me the boss. Now, I know I haven't been here very long, don't really deserve to be the boss, but I just function better when I am in charge of things. You reward me now, and then I promise you, I'll learn what this business is all about later on. Reward me now, and I'll produce later. It doesn't work that way. Can't you just see a youngster in school saying, teacher, if I take a failing grade home, my parents are going to skin me alive. Pass me on this quarter, and next time, I'll study more than anybody else. Reward me now. I'll produce later. It doesn't work that way. Can't you just see an old farmer standing out in the fields in October and saying, Lord, I know I didn't plant a thing this year, but if you give me a big crop this year, I'll plant more than anybody next year. It ain't that way, folks. You got to put something in before you can expect to get anything out. Well, he's just a pumping away. You know, that's hot. It's August. I mean, uh, the question is just how much pumping are you going to do for a drink of water? And finally, old Bernard said, you know, Jimmy, I don't believe it's any water down there. Jimmy said, yeah, it is, Bernard. 
You know, in South Alabama, the wells are deep. And, oh, we're glad they're deep because the deeper the well, the cooler, the cleaner, the sweeter, the purer, the better tasting the water. And isn't that true of life? Isn't it true that if you could become an MD by six weeks of summer school, that the rewards would be almost minimal or nothing? And how many patients would you have? Isn't it true that if you become a sales expert in three days of a training school, that the rate of pay would go down rather radically? Isn't it true that anything worth doing is worth doing poorly? Until you can learn to do it well. We'll never know how many kids have missed a college scholarship because they didn't study an average of 10 more minutes a day. We will never know how we come so close to promotion, but we grew discouraged and quit too soon. We'll never know how much more success we would have had had we just had a little more pumping in there and pump and pump and pump and pump. Well, finally, old Bernard just got disgusted. He threw up his hand. He said, Jimmy, there's just no water down there. Jimmy said, don't stop, Bernard. Don't stop. If you stop the water, Water's going to go all the way back down, and then you're going to have to start all over. The reality is, folks, and I'm totally convinced of this, this is the story of America. This is your story. This is the story of success. This is the story of life. I believe with all of my heart that if you will pump long enough and hard enough and enthusiastically enough, that eventually the reward is going to follow the effort, and then once that water starts to flow... All you got to do is just keep a little easy, steady pressure on it, and you're going to get more water than you can possibly use. The basic problem is this. So many times people get involved in something, and they'll say, well, I'll give it a try, and if it works out, that'll be good, and if it, if it doesn't work out, I mean, hey, I ain't going to kill myself. You know what I mean, fellas? Well, I got to tell you something, folks. You're going to pump forever like that before anything happens. When you get into something, grab that sucker and get with it, and then once the water starts to flow, then, ladies and gentlemen, that's what Strategies for Success is all about. Well, there you go, folks. The famous message on priming the pump. Uh, I know you're inspired just by that. So again, from that, I ask this question at my Agent K. Miller Facebook page. Will you share a story of doing more than what was required in the job and benefiting from it? Uh, Getting paid more, getting a promotion, getting a better opportunity. Uh, Here then, Tom Ziegler and I talk through your amazing submissions. Okay, Tom, so that foundational message from your dad, priming the pump, uh, is there any message that you have more ingrained in your noggin than that one? (laughs) I think that's number one, and it's so ingrained that when we started our Ziegler Legacy certification, we made the pump the icon for those trainers. So, on my jacket, every time I wear a jacket, there's a gold pump pen there. And anytime somebody sees a gold pump, it is the pump story. I mean, it's iconic. It's the number one story. It is iconic. And so my dad, Dan Miller, at his uh, famous sanctuary little conference center there, has a pump out front that I have a picture uh, with him uh, at the pump. And he has one. It was you about a within the past Months, months. Or you have two months. Okay. Yeah. You guys yeah. took a picture at it. Yeah. That's awesome. And you know what? I get uh pump pictures sent to me about every other month. Somebody shares their pump with me. I can't tell you how many uh, people have their own pump and it's the symbol that's in there. 
it's in their office, it's in the front of their house, it's it's right there. You know, it's interesting. You and you've been to my property out here in the National Forest, and when we moved there, it's this five and a half acre plot on the edge of the National Forest. When we moved there, the guy who owned it had put in a well, so there was a wellhead. And there was this old, old style pump. And it was the, the whole thing that goes down into the ground that you would hook up then uh, to, a, to a pipe going down. And it was just left there, this red pump. So we've always used it as a decoration. But I thought, how interesting that that would be the one thing, that and a bench, I think, that was left on our property. Well, yeah, an iconic symbol for sure. Well, in asking this question then on the aspect, on the premise of what the pump, what the message is about on preparing and doing more than what's necessary and working hard to get that flow going, uh, asking this question of people's experiences, incredible, incredible stories. So I'll just jump in. This first one here is from Vincent and forgive me, Vincent. I know who you are, but I've never said your last name. It's, it's Puglies, uh, I think, but he's the author of a new book, freelance to freedom. Uh, so if you type in Vincent freelance, to freedom, you'll find that but he posted this story. He says, for a year and a half at the beginning of my career as a sports photographer, I made no money. I was always buying cheap tickets and shooting games from the seats. I went on a Midwest trip to shoot in different stadiums, wound up in Lambeau Field, got, the very, got there very early and was taking pictures from the front row, not my seats. Uh, he says, a guy from NFL Films saw me with my camera and asked me to be his assistant on the field. His assistant didn't show up. This was Brett, uh, Brett Favors' uh, first MVP s- uh, season, 1995, and the pictures from that game launched my 23-year career as a pro sports photographer, all from getting there early. There is, uh, there's another great story, but I'll, I'll end there. That is a great story. That, it, Tom, to me, it just it sounds like that consummate uh, definition of luck, when preparation meets opportunity. Wow, that's powerful. And you know what's interesting is it didn't happen the first time he got there early or the first time he went out on his own. And so that is the principle of the pump, too. You got to keep on pumping because we don't know when the water is going to come out. But wow, once it comes, that's something. And Brett Favre, his his uh, first MVP season, that is that's amazing. It's just that story of being there, showing up and going out there and, and doing what's needed. It's so, it's rare as you know, but it's, it's not hard to stand out then. And it's, you know, it's, uh, we, we, when we talk about uh, the strategy of there's three things to achieve your dream, you got to have the right mindset, you got to have the right strategy, and you got to take the right actions. <laughs> he had all three, yeah. right? He, he said, you know what, I'm going to go make this happen. <sighs> Two is he obviously planned that trip, mm-hmm. you know, and he had it all sequenced out and he said, I'm going to get there early. And then he took the action. So I love it. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Hey, here's uh, Jennifer. She says, when I worked at a salon, I would give people free manicures if they were waiting more than 10 minutes. Uh, it, uh, it bought the hairdresser more time and gained many more loyal customers as a result. When, when, when. I mean that, you know, in a job like that, lower paying job, a manual labor job, in essence, that is so rare. Obviously, you know, we expect that when there's somebody has free time there, they sit there and file their own nails or these days they'd get on and, uh, on their device and, you know, social media and whatever, and just figure, Hey, this is time that I get to take for myself instead of looking around like an owner, uh, and saying, what can I do to better the business? So uncommon. And again, so easy though 
to stand out if we will do more than is expected. I love it. It reminds me, uh, dad was speaking in Bossier City, Louisiana. Actually, he was speaking in Shreveport, but we were in Bossier because there was a really good Italian restaurant and this chef was famous. His food was better than average, but it was one of those places that just had uh, ambiance, right? You go in and every who's who is who's ever been through is eaten there. And we sit down and we get served. And like three minutes later, the owner chef comes out and he sits at our table for one minute. He talks Cajun, Italian Cajun, I guess. I'm not sure what it was. It was awesome. And then two minutes later, a little hors d'oeuvre appetizer tray comes out compliments of the chef if i ever go back that's where i'm eating i mean you know it's just you don't see that anymore and i remember the menu thinking wow you know this is this is pricier than the average place but it wasn't crazy and yet it was full and it was full not because the food was the best i'd ever eaten it was full because the atmosphere was the best i'd ever seen that and i wish that small business owners especially would get that message that we do. We often, we're not used to getting good service these days anymore at your average business establishment. We're not used to that. And nobody does anything. I'm so aware of this as a, I mean, I'm buying stuff constantly traveling a lot lately and nobody does anything. Rarely does anybody do anything to give me a reason to come back to them. Uh, we were just in Glenwood Springs, Colorado on a spring break trip. And we went to so many places. We stayed in Airbnb. We went to the ski shop. We went to a ski resort. We went to uh, hot springs, so many different places. And nobody did anything out of the ordinary to give me one reason to be loyal and come back to them again, which we'll be back there. And we'll just use somebody different every time and probably go where it's cheapest or maybe they have a little bonus offer, any, anything. Um, but no customer service that said, man, I will. And like Jennifer's story here, here's a salon. How many salons are there? Uh, dime a dozen in essence. And yet this is one that, man, if I'm waiting 10 minutes or more, I get a free manicure. Sure. I'm there. Uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, here's one you will like Tom. It's from your buddy, Andy Costa producer of the Ziegler documentary, uh, He says, when I moved to the U.S., I was working as a web developer making $46,000 a year living in San Francisco. And if folks, if you don't know what the cost of living is in San Francisco, that's like making $10,000 a year and you can't survive. He says, you can imagine how hard that was, but I had a choice to make it better or go back to Brazil. I then learned about Zig Ziglar and one quote in particular, you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. So I did. I began helping other developers with code. I began helping the database manager, my manager, marketing sales, whoever needed help. I would give them a hand. Four years later, I was making $100,000, had a beautiful house in Frisco, Texas, and everything life had to offer. It works. How many times have you heard that statement in regards to that quote, Tom, that, hey, it works? (laughs) Well, if I could have a a nickel for every time I heard it, uh, Boy, we could go around the world a few times. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the truth, though? As soon as we start focusing on how we can serve and what we can do for somebody else, uh, the opportunities just come, and it elevates us to the next level. Um, Andy is still that way. No matter what the question is with him, the answer is yes. And I love it because it's always, what about this? What about that? He always brings value and adds to it. A lot of times, 
I even today will give him a project and he'll turn it back in and there's something extra on it. So that's powerful. It It is. And again, I just feel like as, as each story here, and we're going to continue with some other ones, that it's just, it's so rare to do anything above the norm. And I want folks to hear that it doesn't mean you have to go in and just blow people out of the water. I mean, feel free to do that. But a lot of times it's just a little bit more, a little bit more. You don't have to do that much more. My daughter, one of my daughters, uh, recently took a job at a high-end restaurant here in town and she started and it was washing dishes. And I told her, I said, look, here's what normally happens in that job. Here's how those employees tend to, uh, tend to, tend to work. They just look at their job washing dishes and they do try to do a good job doing that. What can you do extra? What can you do in the meantime? How can you help the cooks, cooks, yada, yada. She did that. It wasn't long before I got a text from the owner and he said, Kevin, all right, you told me that your daughter was going to be good. You way understated it. She is fabulous. I will do everything I can to give her as many hours and as many opportunities as I can here. I can't just a little bit more, a little bit more. And you know what that manager did? One of the most powerful things uh, a business owner or a manager can do is to quote unquote, tell on that person who works for them to their parents, to their spouse, to their friends, Mm-hmm. Because the sense of pride, the sense of family, community, uh, the recognition, that's what fuels and motivates people. So not only can we you know, do a little bit extra in what we're doing, when we see somebody doing a good job, if we go out of our way to point that out, wow. I have a, I have a story. We, uh, uh, we have a gentleman who uh, helped us out putting a roof on our house, and his name is Tracy Adams. And in the middle of it, we discovered that we, just before the roof went on, that we had a rat in the attic. And they found the hole, and they, they, when they put the new roof on, they closed it, and we'd had, you know, the exterminator come out. Well, Tracy took it upon himself. He went and bought rat traps on his own and went up in the attic on his own and put it in. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the rat uh, heard the noise and left before any damage was done to the rat. Yeah. Uh, but this guy was so concerned about us having a good experience that he did the work that it would have been, nobody would have thought anything if he'd said, Hey, you should do this or this. He just did it himself. Yep. Yeah. It's tremendous. And I love what you say too, about, uh, the, the manager here was actually the owner of the restaurant taking the time to yeah thank me as a parent, whatnot. And I got to tell you, what did that pay off for him in helping me get what I wanted? Uh, I buy for our, our, our office here, I buy referral gifts. I buy $50 gift certificates for his restaurant at packs of 10 at a time. So I'm constantly going in there. Here's another 500 bucks, another 500 bucks and sending people there, which makes him more money. It's worth its weight in gold. Well, hey, here's another one. Nick, he says, this is a great one. It's a little longer. He says, when I was 16 and working at Burger King, I would stay late and help the manager close a store, learning the manager's tasks and paperwork. A few months later, the store was in need of a closing manager and I was offered the job as I had already been trained on the tasks and paperwork. While there is a lot more to managing than tasks and paperwork, I got the opportunity to learn how to manage a business and personnel because they were in a jam and I could step in and start immediately. We were just moving into the computer age. It was maybe not 96, 97.
1997, they had an Excel spreadsheet made up so we could easily get a look at where we were for a week or a month. All the daily paperwork was still done by hand, though. I created an Excel spreadsheet of the daily paperwork and linked everything so that the information was only entered once in one place and then showed up everywhere else it was needed. To this day, the franchise I worked for still uses a version of my spreadsheets. When I turned 18, I was made a salaried assistant manager and by 21 was running my own restaurant. I left the company when I was 25 to start and run my own business. Uh, but at 16, I was given that opportunity because I was willing to give a little bit extra that taught me the basics of managing a business. Those basics still, I still use and improve upon every day. The idea of giving extra, or at least everything I have continues today in my business and is a big part of its success and growth. Boom. That can we get better than that (laughs) as an example? That is, I mean, that's Burger King folks. That is a, that is, if there, if you, if you can find opportunity working at Burger King, you can find opportunity everywhere. And he stood out a little bit more. You know, there's uh, dad has a great story about two, uh, about a gentleman working on the railroad, laying down track and uh, the train car pulls up and it's got the president of the railroads uh, caboose on there is like sleeping lounge. And this is, you know, a hundred years ago. And he runs up and he hugs the president. And when he came back, his coworkers said, hey, how, how do you know you're a lineman out here? How do you know the president of the railroad? And he said, oh, we we started to work the same day on the line. And they asked him, they said, well, how come he's the president and you're out here? And he said, oh, that's easy. He said, I went to work for a dollar an hour. He went to work for the railroad. Wow. And now I would, in in today's age, what I would do is I would change it this way. Are you working for, you know, 10, 20 bucks an hour? Are you working for the company or are you working for a dream? Yes. Right. And so when you are working for a dream and your vehicle to get you to dream is the company that you're working for. Now that is rocket fuel. Yeah. That is rocket fuel. But if you're always working for the salary or per dollar per hour, uh, there's going to be somebody else who has more fuel in them. Yeah. Well, we got to make a call to our buddy, Seth Godin, who wrote the book. Uh, gosh, it's probably been 10 years now or so, maybe not that long linchpin. And that what it was talking about being indispensable in your job, especially. And, you know, Tom, with my kids, I mean, all I know is self-employment. And even as they do odd jobs here and there, as they're getting their feet wet, uh, I say work like you're an owner, which is, um, uh, and, and you know that as well. You have no idea how to work other than with that concept. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Well, hey, this is uh, one from Dan Moyle, and uh, he I met him just recently face-to-face out in San Diego at Social Media Marketing World. He hosts the show, The Storytellers Network. I was recently just a, a guest on there. Actually, I don't even know if it's published yet, but we did an interview. But he's also Chief Marketing Officer at Interview Valet. A lot of the folks that we interview on the show here come through Dan and his team at Interview Valet. So uh, great to hear from him. He says, I left a TV news job to take on marketing specialist, uh, that, that title and blogger. I took a pay cut of about $3,000 per year over the next six years. I took an extra, took on extra responsibility, built a marketing department, more than doubled my salary while getting several promotions up to director of marketing. 
And, and this one, Tom, me brought out a, uh, what we statistically, what we see a lot. Somebody's going along, you've got a job, you've, you've kind of made your way, you've gotten comfortable with uh, your income, your outgo, your mortgage, your, your expenses here, and you're right there. And yet you may not be doing what you want to do. And I think a lot of times we have that perspective of, oh yeah, if I want to go pursue my passion, do what I want, I have to eat rice and beans for the rest of my life. And I, what I see, and you chime in, Tom, but what I see is you often do have a dip, but it's this perspective. A buddy of mine brought that along. We're actually talking about marriage, but we'll, we'll, we'll bring it into this. And he says, okay, you're going along and you're at a six, let's say, and you really want to be at a nine or a 10. To get there, you generally have to come in and do some work that's going to drop you down from that six down to a four, maybe a three to, you know, and in this instance, yeah, he took a pay cut. You're going to make, maybe make a little less and work a little bit more. There's that dip, but then it's like a hockey stick. Then you come and boom, at some point you launch up. And that's what we see from these high achievers and the general public, however, is not willing to jeopardize that, you know, that, that status quo, or maybe they're even making that little bit extra income or, or increase in their lives every year, but they won't take a dip so that they can have that hockey stick trajectory and catapult out. And Dan's story here is a great, uh, a great perspective on that. I love it. You know, dad had a quote. He said, uh, when you do more than what you're paid to do, eventually you'll get paid more for what you do. Mm -hmm. What a principle. Now I want to do make a comment on this. Mm -hmm. Our newsletter list is international. I mean, we've got uh, fans and people from all over the world, four and a half million Facebook fans. And so when we make this philosophical comment, a lot of times I will get the response well, that might be true where you are, but here it doesn't work that way. You've got nothing. You're always going to have nothing. And I'm always in a dilemma, Kevin, because I don't know them and I, and I could give them all these proofs. And so this is what I default to. If you take joy in solving problems and serving other people, which I think is a great thing to do, right? Because when you can help somebody else in their life and you take joy in your work, for the sake of taking joy in the work, that elevates you. That gives you power in the day. That allows you to grind through maybe some of the things that aren't so uh, positive. But here's the thing. There's no downside to it. The only thing that can happen is good stuff. Yeah. So if you, if you trudge and drudge through it, you're going to suffer and your attitude's going to suffer. Even if nobody's watching, even if you're in a hostile work environment, even if the deck is stacked against you. But this is what I've found, the people who take the right attitude and always look for the opportunity to serve, for some reason, over time, it works out for them. Yep. Yeah, I love what you said, even if nobody's watching. And this may sound, uh, so here, I'll, I'll divulge this, and you may think I'm paranoid. Maybe I am. But I always get this concept of what if I'm being videoed? Now, obviously, we can go to, hey, God's watching me all the time. It's true. But what if I'm being videotaped? Would I be proud of my actions when, no, when nobody's looking if it was showcased to my friends, my family, my church, my coworkers, my employees? Um, and that's, that's pretty convicting for me. Hey, here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to combine two of them, Tom, because they hit on a, a similar thing. Michelle says, I started a new job. As an assistant to the bookkeeper at a computer firm, hired solely for the purpose of straightening out what the previous assistant did. Over the next nine months, I reviewed every single invoice, credit card transaction, check and cash payment made. I put in so much overtime without pay to make sure the books were in good order. 
Bosses notice that sort of thing. So now I manage a good portion of what goes on in the office. When you show dedication to the boss's vision for the company, it will take you places. Well, Jerry then also, also speaking of bosses, he says, when I was 16, I got a job cleaning up old surplus computers and getting them ready to sell. I was lazy and worked slow, sometimes even falling asleep at my desk. When I asked my boss for a raise, he laughed at me. Some strength inside me unlocked in that moment, and I decided to never give my boss a reason to laugh at me again. I started doing my job with real gusto. I was given increasing responsibilities, eventually landing a job with a premier employer in my area. I can trace every good thing in my career back to that moment. I love both of those. I mean, how many in our culture, we have TV shows, we have comic strips dedicated to making fun of our boss or manager, treating them as a bad guy, showcasing what an idiot they are. Uh, and it feels like we are as a culture cutting off our nose, despite our face. And here are two people who, uh, Again, back to Zig's quote, you can have everything in life you want. If you help enough other people get what they want. They did that with their boss, with their manager. It doesn't matter if you like the person. They did that and they benefited. What good is there to come out of not doing that? And of course, we see every good possible if we will. Yeah. I have a formula called the Ziegler performance formula. It's, it's simply this attitude times effort times skill equals performance. And we've got to ask, I love this, do inventory on the way home from work or at the end of the day and ask yourself these three questions. Did my attitude, did I bring it? Was it positively contagious? Did I, did I change the environment and did I own it? Right. Did I, did I, am I responsible for my own attitude or I'm letting my circumstances do it? How do we do effort? Did I hustle? Was I smart? Mm -hmm. And did I work hard? Because you know what? I see people working hard all the time who aren't doing it smart. So we got a plan. That's the second uh, set of strategy, right? It's mindset. It's that attitude first. And then it's strategy, which is the planning. And then, then the, the third thing in the, in the performance formula is skill. Am I learning something new every day that's making me more valuable, a greater asset to the group that I'm working with, to my customer, to my prospect? When you multiply those three things out, attitude, effort, and skill, that's where performance happens, and that's where the world rewards us. It's based on our performance. Yes. You know, I recently, I got two boys in middle school and told and asked them each what their favorite subjects were, what they were doing well, and then had them, it was on a weekend or a day off or something like that. I had them go spend a little time online researching that subject. I said, I want you to figure out how you can know something. So the next time you're in class, teacher brings up something, you can say, hey, I read recently about something current. I wanted to find something current. And, uh, you know, of course, they're, they're middle school age boys. They weren't thrilled at the idea. They got it, but they'd rather, you know, play a video game or, or watch, watch something. Uh, but they did that and came back and just testified how cool it was for them to know something to add in. And what school kid does that? Uh, so I think it's a, a great charge us, for us as parents. We can lead our kids in this perspective. Well, hey, Tom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish us up here with two that have some similarities. Mike says, I was working for a large home builder on the West Coast. A new VP of operations started with us and could not figure out how the scheduling program worked. He asked if anyone could help him. I volunteered. I wrote out the instructions. He called me into his office, said he had never had instructions that were that accurate. It worked perfectly. Six months later, I was promoted to senior project manager for Northern Nevada. Rich then says, one year ago, I was stacking pallets for a living. Now I lead continuous improvement efforts, uh, Lean Six Sigma, 
for a $180 million business unit with plants in five countries. I discovered Zig Ziglar, uh, Les Brown, Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, etc., and play their messages constantly. You can change what you are and where you are by changing what goes in your mind. After several years of studying and doing project work on my own time and saving hundreds of thousands of dollars for the company, I handed the president and VP my vision for the company, a proposal to create a full-time Six Sigma position in my resume. They created that position, and we have been making incredible progress since in safety, culture, and productivity. One year ago today, I was doing grunt work for an abusive boss. Yesterday, I was in a half-day meeting with the president, the vice president, the CFO, and some higher-ups. What a change. I continue to listen to Zig and the others, and the progress is only accelerating. You really can have everything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. God bless. How's that for an ending, Tom? Boom. I don't think we add anything to that. I just, I can't eat. Thank you, Rich. And thank you. And thank you, Mike. It's isn't it inspiring. And it just makes us want, it makes me want to go, what can I do more? Who can I help uh, today? That's the opportunity we all have right here, right now that we can all take action on. Amen. 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 Well, friends, I trust you are mega inspired to be priming your pump like never before committing to doing the hard work to get that flow of opportunity going like never before in your life. Hey, as always, if you got value from this show, let Tom and I know, please leave a review in iTunes for us. Then email us at thanks at ZigglerShow.com. Tell us your iTunes username so we can thank you by sending you Zig Ziglar and Tom Ziglar's book, Born to Win, an actual hard copy. Well, coming up next in show 567, we talk about opportunity. Evan Pagan is a guy I met 20 years ago amidst a new real estate marketing program. He was innovating then and he still is today. He's an entrepreneur and investor who has built over 10 different online brands and businesses to the million dollar level. His businesses are all 100% virtual, no office for over 15 years now, almost since I met him. Eben and his family spend more than six months per year traveling and living the virtual lifestyle. Well, in his new book, Opportunity, Eben explains how opportunity is changing, why it's increasing for all of us, and how to find and create more high-quality opportunities for yourself and your business. The book is about how to find and create opportunities in your business and in your life. It summarizes 20 years of mindsets, models, and methods for dealing with the explosion of opportunities that are coming our way in the future. Understanding opportunity is at the heart of succeeding as an entrepreneur. Evan's goal is to help people understand the nature of opportunity so they can find, create, and take advantage of a lot more of it in their lives. It was a great conversation. And of course, we started off by getting some of Evan's uh, Evan's background, including his hippie parents and how he lived in poverty and how a lot of that motivated him to do so much more. Well, till then, folks, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.